0: them on their toes, Mrs. Winchester would sleep in a different bedroom every night. She had 40 different bedrooms to choose from. Tales depict Sarah's nightly visits to a special seance room every night to consult with the spirits about plans for her ever-expanding mansion, or locking herself in this very private chamber to commune with her lost loved ones. That is so fucked up. It's fucked up. So fucked up. It is just so damn fucked up. That's fucked up. Have you seen Barron Trump, like Donald Trump's son recently? No. He's like seven feet tall now. Oh, my God. Okay, you have to look up a picture. So he was like a totally normal looking kid a couple years ago, and now he's literally like seven <laughs> feet tall.
1: <laughs> no, he's actually six, seven. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you guys. You have to look at a picture of this. No, he's only 17. Dude, there are pictures from like two years ago when he's at least nine feet tall.
0: (laughs) like, Someone in like the CIA was like, hey, hey, Donnie, listen, we got this new drug. It's going to make your son a giant beast. Do you want a super kid? He'll be huge. He's going to be huge. He's going to be the biggest kid in the high school. And he was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, hook him up
1: are you on the Googles? How tall is Donald Trump? I am on the Googles. I'm just tripping out on this seven foot nine year old. Okay, no, but like, really, I keep exaggerating. But he is 15 in this picture from two years ago. And he's got to be the full six, seven that he is now. Yeah. And so he looks like a seven foot tall baby. Yes. Very weird. Like, how did this not come out? Maybe it
0: came out in the media. I don't know. I just saw it recently. And I was like, what the
1: I also agree that Trump and the CIA got in cahoots to create a super child.
0: A mega baby. Okay, Donald Trump's six foot three, so he's not like a small man.
1: He looks like a small man next to his son. Okay, and Donald Trump Jr. is six one. Everybody's like, why are they talking about the heights of the Trump family? Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I need to know. We need to put them in order. That's how we start the show sometimes. Wait, hold on. Is Baron Trump height a result of disease? Debunking the myth. Now you have me going on a fucking a thing. Okay, we can't talk about it, you guys. Um, Is it a disease? Because now I'm going to feel bad. Jesus, God damn it. Morph something syndrome?
0: morphan syndrome? No, did I make that up? He's an X-Men, basically.
1: Yeah, I don't know, you guys. He's... He's just so tall. He's really tall. Basically, the gist
0: is, if you haven't seen how tall Barron Trump is, go look. It's shocking.
1: And it's just weird to see the tallness with the baby face. Yeah, because he's a child. What is happening there? Yeah. So, hi, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. This is That's So Fucked Up, a podcast about cults, murder, and other generally fucked up stuff. (laughs) Guess what month it is? Guess what it is? spooky October. I'm so spooky. <laughs> it's my favorite month. Are you bobbing for apples? Are you dressing like Barbie? What is happening this month? Let us know. Hit us up. Join the discord, thepodcast.com. Seriously, join the discord. There's over 200 people in there. It's so much fun.
0: Uh, I want to see your spooky Halloween decorations to get um inspo for just my regular everyday living decor, because this is when I shop for all my home decor, all my spooky shit. Allie's
1: talking to you guys, yes, you. not me. No. I'm a little bit Christmas. She's a little bit Halloween.
0: You're a little bit country. I'm a little bit rock and roll.
1: You're a little bit Halloween. I'm a little bit
0: Christmas. Girl, that yeah. slaps. That could be a thing.
1: Okay. <laughs> it could be the theme song for the spooky episode. <laughs> Because let's go fucking hard on everything. So, as you guys know, we started the spooky month off with a re release of the Jesus Camp Binger Bust, <laughs> as well as the premiere of That's So Fucked Up Presents, the new F word. If you're just jumping in here right now, what are you doing? Go back. So the new F word is the new segment on Christian fundamentalism and Christian nationalism and how that's totally not actually Christianity and shiny happy people and the fucking Joshua generation and the IBLP and all the other fundamentalist sects and the fundamentalist influencers who are out there like spreading purity slash rape culture. Mm-hmm bro. It's crazy. If you're not listening, what are you doing? Get over there. That's the spookiest of all.
0: Putting the fun back in fundamental.
1: You know what's spooky? Having to have a baby when you don't want to. That sounds like the spookiest shit ever. A gremlin living in my body and then violently crawling out of my
0: crotch. Yeah. It's like a scene from Alien, but your vagina.
1: That's not spooky. I don't know what it is. I did.
0: There was a few times when I was laying there and my child was like moving from one side of my body to the other and you're just watching it. And like a lot of times you're like, oh, my baby. And a lot of times
1: you're like, there's fucking something living inside me. It doesn't do it for me. So we kind of kicked off spooky season early with asylum.
0: Yes.
1: Creepy creep. And then the New Mexico prison riot, which was just scary and horrid. That actually did haunt me a little bit. Woo. Did you have some drinks? Oh, I just thought about it a lot. Make sure you guys go listen to that one if you haven't yet. And today, Allie's going to tell me about you ready? a spooky house.
0: Haunted house, if you will.
1: A haunted house on a haunted street? No, it's like this
0: totally normal street. The street is fine. It's a super happy street. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's just the, Actually, no, the house is the street. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, you're big. Like, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, it's, it's big. Should I look at a picture?
0: Yeah, you should.
1: I'm going to look at a picture just for fun.
0: Everyone go to the Googles and look up a picture
1: of the Winchester Mystery House. The first thing that came up was a cult. I'm like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) You rang. Oh, wow. She is... Thick. (laughs) Yeah, she is. She'd be thick. She's a big girl. So what I know is that building went on for a long time and I'll leave it at that. You could say
0: that, yeah. She was an architect's dream or nightmare. Or nightmare,
1: yeah. (laughs) Oh my God. Okay, I'm ready.
0: Wait, we didn't introduce ourselves. Did we not? No, I don't think so.
1: Hey guys, I'm Ashley Love Richards and I really need to go onto Google or whatever and SEO Mm -hmm. magic or because... Mm -hmm. I'm just like not very Googleable as Ashley Richards because it's a stupid common name. So Ashley Love Richards is what's up Do you now. ever
0: use a heart as your middle name? Just Ashley Hart Richards?
1: That's so cute.
0: That's adorbs.
1: I don't think people would get it.
0: No, they probably wouldn't. They
1: wouldn't get it. And I'm
0: Allie Dahlia for Spooky Month. You don't like it?
1: I don't know about that guy. No,
0: I just thought it sounded pretty.
1: Oh, like Black Dahlia? Yeah. But Allie Dahlia? Yeah. Oh, okay. What okay. were you thinking? Well, I was thinking of the black Dahlia, which is so funny, but I was actually, say her name. Say her yeah. name. You guys, it's Elizabeth Short. It is Elizabeth Short. But I just thought it kind of like flowed. No, that's fun. For my name. It was funny because you said Dahlia and I thought Dali Salvador Dali.
0: Right. We already used that one months ago and you were like, No. <laughs>
1: If you guys haven't listened to Black Dahlia Breakdown, I think it was like maybe the fourth or fifth That's So Fucked Up present season, and it's in fucking sane. And the surrealist art movement, oh my God, you guys, it's – I can't even begin to even try to explain it here. You have to listen to the series if you haven't yet.
0: It was a good one. It was before my time, but I was binging it at the time. Yeah, Because I was a fan of the show. I am a fan of the show, but I was a fan of the show. Which is how all this magic happened. And here you are on it. I know. Weird, right? That's called manifesting. Oh uh, No, it was, <laughs> it was called right place, right time, right email.
1: Well, I think that luck is preparation meets opportunity. Uh, yes, this is true. So preparation meaning just like you're at the right place in mm-hmm. your life. Mm-hmm. And then the right opportunity comes along.
0: Yeah. Banging on that door.
1: It's like, oh, good luck. But maybe you were just ready. Mm-hmm. There we you go. Know? you take the power back you I take did. the power I back. i
0: curated a bomb-ass personality over years of trauma
1: <laughs> right you guys Ali said that literally right as i was taking a sip of tea which was a little bit rude
0: but... <laughs> <laughs> i'm slowly trying to murder you one sip yeah. at a time this is not notes on the show it is all jokes to choke you they're called choking jokes <laughs> Choke <laughs> jokes. Choke jokes. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the Winchester Mystery
1: House. Ooh, ooh. Winchester's like a gun brand, right? It is. It is a gun brand.
0: And it's also, if you're the fan of the show Supernatural, yes, it is the same as those two handsome men. <laughs> when I initially was like, I want to research the Winchester Mystery House, some of our researchers were like, oh, like Supernatural, like the show Supernatural, because they're the Winchester Brothers. Yes and no. We're
1: gonna keep oh, going to get Oh, I've never watched that. Oh. It's good. It's a good one. It's a good one. But anyway, I'm on the outside of this one.
0: Located in sunny San Jose, California, lies a massive mansion that was once home to the decade-long project belonging to the widow heiress. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, what are you doing with your life, Ashley?
1: Recently, you need to Google spooky tourism wherever you go. Is it fucked up that I'm like, guess I need to go see my grandpa again? (laughs) Like he should be the priority.
0: To say it is a mansion is like, it's not even giving it justice. What is a multiple decades long project belonging to the widow heiress, Sarah Winchester. Sarah had construction performed on the property to expand and embellish the residence for 38 years straight, as she believed this is the way she could escape and hide from the ghosts of the people her family had killed. Sarah Pardee was born in 1839 in New Haven, Connecticut. Her father was a carpenter and had traveled, quote, to the New World with other Puritans who'd been thrown out of England in the 1600s. Well, hold on one second. Oh,
1: how old is this story?
0: Her family had traveled to the New World, not her dad. Her dad would be 200 years old. Yeah. <laughs> her father, Leonard, met her mother, whose name was also Sarah, at a church revival. I always think that's funny. Like, it's totally common, Donald Trump Jr. and Donald Trump to name sons after, but it's always like a little interesting when women name their daughters after them.
1: I totally agree. And I don't know why it feels kind of sexist, but I'm like, yeah, it's just interesting. It's not, it's rare. Susan, you named your daughter Susie, like,
0: maybe you just like really like your name, Sarah. You're like, this is such a good name. I don't want to waste it.
1: I just think that it is legitimately built in sexism. It's just like societally, it's not really done. Yeah. So I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know. I really think that's what my reaction. It's internalized misogyny. No, I think it is. Oh my God, you guys. The old F word is feminism. The new F word is fundamentalism.
0: And if Ashley ever squirts out a crotch goblin, it will also be Ashley Love Richards.
1: <laughs> you know what? The Love Richards name will die with me if I don't <laughs> squirt out a crotch goblin, as you said, which is maybe one of the grossest things I've ever heard. I'll probably get like a puppy at some name point. Name it Ashley. <laughs> Give them the middle name, Love. Yes, this is my puppy named Give Ashley. Ashley, My partner's like, Ashley, me and the dog are like, rrr, rrr, it, yeah. <laughs> No, but love could be cute for a dog. They're like, tell us about the house, though. Stop it.
0: Leonard and Sarah fell in love, got married, and had six kids. As
1: you do back in the day.
0: Leonard was a superintendent of the public baths. I was like, what does that mean? Oh, yeah. No, it was bathing houses where people would, because not everyone had baths in their house. So there was like public baths where you would go to wash. And he was the superintendent there.
1: Sorry, hold on. You would take a bath in in a public bathhouse, in a like a big pool with other people, or little separate baths.
0: No, I think it was like little. Maybe there were sheets separating them, and it was a bunch of baths. You just go there. It was. It'd be like um like public restrooms, but baths. Okay,
1: I thought you meant like one giant bath for everybody. No, That's just like, called a
0: swimming pool or a hot tub.
1: I know. I was gonna say that. Just sounds really unsanitary. <laughs>
0: And that chlorine was not a thing back then. No, it was a place you would go to wash your grime of working in the coal mines off or whatever. Or whatever. I'm setting the scene. Okay, so Leonard also worked as a carpenter so he could afford to have all his children educated because apparently being the superintendent of the public baths was not enough to send his kids to school. But then Leonard eventually was able to set up several factories in various industries. So he kind of was like working his way up and they moved to a really nice house in a better neighborhood. But this home was within the same block as one of Leonard's factories, which was a wood mill. The smell of fresh lumber and the sound of hammering and sawing were constant in the Pardee family life once they moved to their new home. The only reason I'm saying this is because it could be kind of setting the stage for comfort in future years.
1: Okay, but can I just tell you that I didn't know exactly what superintendent means? Because I thought that it had to do with schools. So I googled it. And you know what came up first? Superintendent of bathhouses. I didn't even say that out loud. (laughs) Oh my god, it hurt us. Is Google listening in on my headphones now? Or like, I'm so confused. I thought it could only hear me. What the fuck? Oh, my God. Spooky Halloween. Spooky Halloween, you
0: guys. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. The AI is taking over. Be nice. I, for one, welcome our new robot overlords. Me too. Be nice. So they were right next to the sawmill. There was sound of sawing and hammering and lumber smells at all times. And the family's entire property was available for the children to roam. So they spent a lot of time playing at the sawmill. The only reason I'm like really including this is because I feel like maybe that's why she has this constant construction done at her new home is like it is reminiscent of childhood to her. A sawmill sounds like
1: a dangerous playground. Just me or no? Yep. Yep. I imagine a lot of big saws going real fast yes. and sharply. Isn't like white, comforting noise interesting what it is to different people. For somebody it's a fucking saw. Right.
0: I can't stand loud noises. Not loud noises, but like when the when I'm cooking we have a gas range. And when I'm cooking and I have the fan going As soon as I turn that fan off, it is like the biggest wave of relief.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about. Fans are so loud. And that like bathroom fans and just the ones that are meant to stuff up. That's what she said. You don't even
0: notice how loud and annoying they are until you shut them off.
1: And then you're like, oh, I've been listening to anxiety inducing bullshit for the last 30 minutes.
0: Yes. Yeah. That's what my therapist says. Okay, so the Pardee family became friends with another family in their neighborhood, the Winchester. The Winchesters had three children, and everyone, including the fathers, were all best friends. They were all just the bestest of friends. Everyone. Everybody?
1: It sounds like the Brobergs, and we know how that went. Bow, bow, bow. You know what I'm talking about, right? No. The Brobergs? Wait a second. No. Jan Broberg abducted in plain sight. Oh, fuck, yes. Okay, see, remember I'm bad with names. As soon as you say Jan Broberg, yes, I know. Okay, but just do you remember how... The families were best friends, like the dads and the moms and all the kids. And then he used that to abduct. And to stop the urge to assault a
0: child, he was allowed to sleep in a bed with her.
1: Yeah. And with both of the parents. You guys, sorry. I know that's spoilies, but that's a really old documentary. And if you haven't watched it, you need to. We did a binge or bust on that, right? No, but I did an episode. Oh, an episode. Yeah. So if you don't want to watch the documentary, definitely listen to the episode where I cover it. Or if you feel like watching a serialized version that you can feel okay about watching because Jan and her mom were actually a part of producing the series, Friend of the Family on Peacock. Super good, you guys. I don't know if you get that shit though. Allie, you weirdo Canadian, you.
0: No, but I – no, I'm a weirdo Canadian, but I do have some – I got a hookup. I got some connections.
1: Oh, you know a guy. Okay. Yeah, no, but friend of the family was really good.
0: So Oliver Winchester, the dad, owned a shirt factory and had a patent for a sewing technique. So he was like kind of well known for the time. He was like a big businessman. But then he purchased a gun factory from Smith and Weston who were going bankrupt at the time. So he was just kind of dabbling in different industries. This purchase included the patent for the repeating revolver the factory where they were produced, and the machinery. And this would eventually lead to the Winchesters making their fortune selling rifles. The Civil War was going on and Oliver Winchester tried his best to sell his new rifle to the Union Army. They did not choose this weapon to supply its soldiers, but independent soldiers would often buy them for themselves. He was able to sell large quantities of his rifles overseas to other countries at war. The repeating rifle would be known as the quote gun that won the West because the settlers, settlers, settlers. How do you say? You know,
1: it's it? really funny because I actually really usually over enunciate my T's, and I say yeah. settlers. Instead of settlers. Well, I always hear
0: settlers of Catan. Me but too. I would say settlers.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's so funny. That's my reference too. I'm like settlers yeah. of Catan. But I think it's yeah. settlers because so, settlers I think, sounds
0: silly. But it's S-E-T-T-L-E-R-S. So it's, there's no other E. Settlers. So it's spelled settlers. Okay. So because the settlers <laughs> would take the rifles with them for protection and hunting. Sarah Pardee and William Winchester would marry on September 30th, 1862. After three years of marriage, Sarah and William welcomed their new baby. Her name was Annie, and she was named after William's sister who had passed away during childbirth. But this is where everything goes to shit. Unfortunately, within a month of her birth, Annie passed away and they would never have another child. At this time, the civil war ended and Oliver Winchester decided to build a large family home. So this was the dad. Oliver Winchester was the dad. He included Sarah and William in the plans for this home, probably because they just had such a huge tragedy and he wanted to get their minds off it. And Sarah and William became engrossed in architectural plans and interior design while helping plan the new Winchester home. Sarah and William also worked together for the gun company. Sarah loved to travel to the West Coast to visit San Francisco. She enjoyed being away from the cold and dreary climate of New Haven because she had really bad arthritis that would continue to
1: plague her for the rest of her life. And in the
0: warmer weather, her body felt good and it made life easier in general.
1: Poor Sarah. Early onset arthritis, the death of a child. I mean, yeah, she did not have a happy life. The couple would also take
0: vacations to Europe periodically. In 1880, Sarah would encounter her worst year yet.
1: So when you think, oh, a trip to Europe, you think lovely, right? Yeah. But in 1880, I, I think you were probably on a ship, right?
0: I imagine a lot of seasickness and uh, rats.
1: So much seasickness and rats—that's what I also yeah. imagine. But also, they were
0: very wealthy, so they were in the like the top toppest cabins.
1: I just don't know if I'd be traveling a lot back then.
0: No. I don't travel now and we have first class.
1: Oh, can you afford first class? Oh, oh let's God, be real, no. bitch. That but is in theory, crazy. if I was rich,
0: if I had that Winchester money.
1: <laughs> Come on, Winchester money. No, actually, it's blood money. In
0: 1880, Sarah would encounter her worst year yet. Sarah's mother fell sick and passed away. A few months later, Oliver Winchester, her father-in-law, had a stroke and passed away. And then Sarah's husband immediately took over as president of the family company and held that position for about four months before he became sick with tuberculosis and also passed away. No. So in one year, she'd lost her baby a couple years before. She had arthritis. She lost her mother, her father-in-law, and then the love of her life, her husband, who she'd known since he was a child. Like they'd grown up together too.
1: I think I'd be done. I don't know.
0: So after the loss of her family Sarah consulted a medium which was totally kind of like par for the course of the day to understand why all this bad luck had fallen on her family. So spirituality was accepted in a much broader range than today and even in the upper class and Christian societies like it wasn't uncommon to consult psychics and spiritualists even in the 1880s
1: in combination with Christianity. Yep. Interesting. It sounds like sorcery to me, which is yeah. punishable by death. I've heard it in the Bible.
0: <laughs> eh, semantics. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> Reportedly, the medium let Sarah know that her family was cursed due to the deaths that had occurred using the Winchester rifle. So it was not only the deaths that the Winchester rifle had caused. So I'm going to read this quote from dilettantarmy.com because I think it's so fitting. The large scale, effective, and spiritual violence against the indigenous people that used to call the Western frontier home is often left. Out of the historical narrative. Beyond the obvious effects of corralling entire populations of human beings, such as the loss of language and cultural institutions, the erasure of social cultures to shape cultural advancement, the genocide of thousands of people who once freely navigated their needs and interests across the various lands of water, the more nuanced emotional responses and long-term effects of such atrocities have also been explored. The psychic damage inflicted to the native people of the United States can be highlighted within the context of the Winchester House, which can be understood as a tiny example of injustice on a large timeline of ongoing violence. So that was like a bunch of really big Mm, words that are very smart, but basically it's saying it's not only that these guns caused the death of people, but it completely obliterated their culture. And this can be known as psychic damage. So again, it's not even just that they were killed. It's that they were torn from their homes. Everything was taken away from them. It was generational trauma.
1: So basically the Smith & Wesson gun was the gun of choice for? The Winchester. (laughs) Oh, but then they bought Smith & Wesson later?
0: Yeah, they bought the factory and they made the Winchester guns. So
1: basically the Winchester rifle was sort of the gun of choice for murdering indigenous people.
0: And again, yes, murdering and destroying their entire way of life. So even if they survived, it stripped everything from them. Because
1: obviously white people had more power with guns. Uh, you can't fight fire with spears and whatnot.
0: So it was not just the deaths of these people, but the total eradication of a people, their culture and their way of life. Right. So there was a lot of shit that happened because of these guns. And Sarah was the heir to the fortune of these guns.
1: I'd just get rid of all the money.
0: The medium told her that the spirits caused the death of both her husband and daughter and that she may be next. The medium told Sarah that the only way to appease the spirits would be to move west and build a house for them. Interesting, huh? Yeah. Sarah soon traveled to Europe where she would remain for several years. Social directories at the time listed her as removed to Europe. After all this death in her family, she was just like, peace, I'm going on the rat boat to England or whatever. So she took off to Europe. Sarah had inherited... A massive amount of wealth. At that time, it was about $20 million. So, do you know what $20 million would be in today's money, Ashley? What do you think?
1: $1
0: billion. Very close. Half a billion dollars. $500 million. Her inheritance included cash, stock, bonds, and investments. And Sarah returned from Europe when her sister passed away. Jesus. Poor woman. By 1886, Sarah was ready to move out west and begin a new life. She began her own Western expansion by purchasing a quaint eight-room farmhouse in what is now San Jose, California.
1: I'm sorry. I don't think you can call a house with eight rooms quaint. Quaint? I guess
0: when you're worth half a billion dollars, that is quaint. (laughs) So as Sarah believed, she was haunted by the ghosts of the thousands of Native Americans killed during the Western expansion by the very weapon that brought her and her family her huge fortune, the Winchester rifle. She believed she had to escape these spirits. The medium told Sarah she was to ward off angry ghosts because she'd been cursed. Within the first six months of ownership, she had expanded the home from eight rooms to 26 rooms. That is in the first six months.
1: Oh, my God. Because, wait, had the medium told her you have to keep building?
0: Yeah, she said that you have to build the home for the spirits. Maybe the medium had some like investments in uh, lumber or something. She's like, yeah, you totally have to build this giant house. After consulting with architects during this initial expansion, Sarah then decided she could plan everything for herself moving
1: forward. She's taking over architecturally.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And when projects did not turn out how she imagined, she would then have the builders tear them down and start again. Sarah loved having work done in her home, the sound and smell of building the accomplishment she would feel when the project was completed. So this is why I'm wondering if her hearing the sounds of building and smelling the wood was like reminiscent of her childhood. Yeah. When she felt safe.
1: I have a friend who loves the sound of typing on a keyboard because she would fall asleep next to her dad typing on a keyboard. Mm -hmm. Everybody has their sounds, you know?
0: Okay. Yeah, I feel that. Sarah loves stained glass windows and had so many windows made for the home that she did not have room to have them all installed. And they're still kept on display at the home today. So there's like rooms of stained glass windows that there was just wasn't enough windows wow. needed for. She had an enunciator to call for her hired help in different parts of the house. And I was like, what is an enunciator? And I'm thinking it's like a speaker box, but like this is the 1800s. And it was actually a device that consisted of visible signals such as flags or lamps to indicate things in different rooms. So she would have like a little flag that would like shoot up, boop. she'd push a button and in another room, they'd She's know like, to come talk I'm to her. in
1: here and I want some tea.
0: Exactly. Well, so this is just kind of showing some of the technology for the time she had. She also had a hydroelectric generator to supply gaslit power to the home, which was like very new for the time. She had plumbing installed in the home, including baths, showers, and a system that watered the plants in the planter boxes. Again, this is a time of public bathhouses, so the fact that she had baths and showers put in her home was pretty fancy pants. Uh,
1: I don't know. This seems like the wrong direction to go. If you're afraid that all these bad things in your life are happening because of blood money, I would get rid of the blood money, not spend all the blood money to show everybody how rich I am.
0: It's funny because people at that time, that probably never even occurred to her to give the money away. That's wild. Like, why would I give it to the people the guns killed? I'm just going to build a fancy house. To so the ghosts. Yeah, the ghosts need a home too. And she had three elevators installed. One seven-story brick tower had to be torn down and rebuilt 16 times before Sarah was pleased with it.
1: I think this sounds like a contractor's worst nightmare, not best dream.
0: Well, it's funny you say that because the, the builders actually didn't mind following Sarah's every whim because she paid them so well and far above the average wage for carpentry. She was also said to be a very fair employer, for example, giving workers time off when the weather was too hot for construction. That was kind of her. She believed the sound of hammering and loud construction warded off the ghosts. But to keep them on their toes, Mrs. Winchester would sleep in a different bedroom every night. She had 40 different bedrooms to choose from. Tales depict Sarah's nightly visits to a special seance room every night to consult with the spirits about plans for her ever-expanding mansion or locking herself in this very private chamber to commune with her lost loved ones.
1: Hold on, she's trying to ward off the spirits with all the building? I thought the medium told her build the house for the spirits.
0: Yeah, this is true.
1: Sarah had a really hard life, but I really feel like she's going about this not in the right way.
0: Even the rambling hallways that seem to lead nowhere and stairways that might end with a few-story fall were designed to confuse the ghosts. A few other things that were strange about the architecture, there was chimneys that go all the way through the house, but stopped just short of going to the roof. That was one of her architectural designs. She had the repeating number 13 throughout the house, 13 holes in the sink drain, 13 stairs, 13 hooks on coat racks doorways that led to a 15 foot drop so you would open a door and there would just be a drop 13
1: is a spooky number yeah i know why is that okay so honestly at this point i don't feel right judging but it sounds like she's severely mentally ill Oh, yeah.
0: She's a shattered human at this point, And she's trying to do anything. So she's trying to um, talk with the ghosts and communicate with her family. But I think she's trying to escape the bad spirits. So there's like a ton of spirits. There's good ones. There's bad ones. She's trying to get the good ones to come and confuse and escape the bad ones.
1: And she knew the house well enough that she wouldn't open the door that went to a
0: Oh, yeah, no, she designed this all. And there was like doors that led to nothing, just led to a brick wall. She designed all this to like confuse the spirits. Sarah also had lifts installed on the staircase to help her get up and down due to her advanced arthritis. This was very fancy for the time, too, remember. By the time Sarah had grown tired of the project... The home consisted of 160 rooms, including 13 bathrooms, 40 bedrooms, 6 kitchens, 200 doors, 47 fireplaces, and 52 skylights. It is said that when Sarah would enter a room and felt a draft, she would have a fireplace built there immediately. Because ghosts? Well, no, because it was chilly. But she was just like, as opposed to being like, we need to get some sort of heating in here. She was like, build a fireplace. All these amenities were extremely radical and could only be afforded by the most wealthy. Rumors about Sarah circled the high societies across the United States. The Winchester Mystery House manager in 2015 relates a story that illustrates how elusive Sarah could be. There was a story about Teddy Roosevelt, the president of the time, making a, an appearance and wanting an audience with the Winchester widow. He knocked on the front door and was not allowed in. <laughs>
1: So the president showed up, and she was like, "No, nope. good, thanks." Wait, why did he just was like, "This sounds weird. I want to go check it out."
0: I well, I think she was like one of the richest women in America. So he was like, "I'm going to go hang out with her. I'm going to go chat with rich her.
1: people. We should be friends." Yeah,
0: hashtag rich people. <laughs> In the early 1900s, Sarah was building a houseboat for her niece, Daisy, and her husband. But the rumor about this was that she was building an ark to escape a great flood she was waiting on. So she was building a houseboat and people were like, the bitch is building an ark.
1: Somebody recently told me about a big ark somebody is building to try to prove that dinosaurs could have fit on it or something. And then I saw a squirrel. Wait,
0: maybe we need a fucked up news segment at the beginning. Fucked up news. At one point in the early 1900s, Sarah went toe-to-toe with the railroad tycoons to keep them from building across from her property. Daisy, Sarah's niece, and her husband would also help out fighting against the railroads by pulling out the surveyor stakes in the middle of the night, but eventually the railroad would win and make its way across Sarah's property. In 1906, the Great San Francisco Earthquake happened demolishing parts of San Francisco, the earthquake was rated 7.6 on the Richter scale and killed over 3,000 people. It also did incredible damage to Sarah's home. The seven-story tower came crashing down. That was the seven-story tower she had rebuilt 16 times. It came crashing down, shattering glass everywhere and causing damage all over the property. Supposedly, Sarah was over the renovations by now and didn't want to redo all the things that had been undone by the earthquake. She now had construction just to make the home livable, but it was nowhere near a complete reconstruction. This is why you will now find doors leading outside on the second and third stories because the balconies that fell off the house were never rebuilt. The collapsed chimney was capped off at the attic and the fireplaces aren't used anymore. The home began to get weirder and weirder as these modifications were made to make the home safer.
1: And she's still living in it.
0: Sarah never did return to the home. To live, but rather move to a yacht in the harbor.
1: After the earthquake.
0: Yes, after the earthquake. She moved. She was like, I don't want to deal with this anymore. I'm going to go live on a boat.
1: Hey, Ophelia. <laughs> what up, Ophelia? Is it the yacht that she
0: was building? Oh, the ark? I don't think it was. In 1922, on September 25th, Sarah passed away at the age of 83. She was buried back in New Haven near her parents, her baby daughter, and her late husband. The estate was divided among the family members, but the house was not left to anyone, so it was put up for sale. No one wanted to buy this huge, weird house, so it was rented out to the Brown family, who planned to capitalize off the novelty of the property. Yeah, that's smart. (laughs) Duh. (laughs) Yeah. Originally, he would have liked to have had a roller coaster on the property, but because of public interest, he was able to make money just opening the home to the public and embellishing a few of the ghost stories and rumors that had been circulating for almost 40 years. The Browns invited journalists, Harry Houdini, and all kinds of other people under this marketing scheme. The Browns came up with the story of the
1: ghost-tormented, wacky, uber-rich lady. Wait, what? And they made up a story about Sarah? Yeah. Oh, she was this super crazy, super rich lady which she kind of was, but they shouldn't be capitalizing on her mental illness and tragedies. Like the house is enough. You don't have to add ghosts. It's just like, look at this house where you could step into what you think is another room and just fall 15 feet instead.
0: They also kind of like cheated the system a bit and they added different items to the home, um, like the number 13, like they would add 13s places just to make it even spookier. After Sarah Winchester passed away in 1922, the home became known for the paranormal activity that continued and has remained exactly as she left it. Wait, so
1: do you think there actually was paranormal activity? Well, it's funny because
0: the paranormal activity now seems to be greater than when she lived there.
1: Well, that sounds like stories then.
0: Well, since her passing, footsteps have been heard in her favorite bedrooms. Some visitors have experienced icy chills and loss of vision while exploring the Winchester home. People have reported experiences in the grand ballroom and the chilly basement of the estate. These hauntings involve the famous wheelbarrow ghost working on the fireplace or pushing a wheelbarrow full of ash or coal. So what they're kind of alluding to is it's some of the ghosts of the workers of the house are haunting the house. And Sarah. And Sarah, yeah. Longtime maintenance worker Denny reports that one morning while entering the water tower, he heard the patter of footsteps above. He climbed up to let the trespasser know that the structure was off limits, but the footsteps always seemed to be one step ahead of him and one floor above him. So this is like some of the workers are starting to experience things too, like the caretaker. The most commonly reported supernatural occurrence at the Winchester Mystery House is the appearance of of a shadowy human shape. What seems to be like a are my eyes playing tricks on me moment may sometimes feel too real to ignore. Shadow figures or shadowy shapes that resemble people are reported to be seen roaming around corners, down long hallways, and appearing in windows. And a former marketing director employee was able to capture a photo in 2015 that captures what appeared to be a human-shaped apparition looking out of the front gardens. The home is available for tour today, so you can still go. So actually, what makes me so excited about this is I've been there. I don't remember where it was, but it's super cool. So it seems like a lot of the tour guides are pretty funny. Yeah, you, you have to wear a hard hat. It's pretty spooky. Like there's rooms that just lead to nowhere or doors that lead to nowhere. But it's so beautiful. The architecture, the stained glass, like no money was spared building this house. And it's really cool. It's a sad story. And she was obviously tortured by the deaths of all her family members. And then she had to come up with a reason why this horrible thing would have happened to her. And her only explanation was what the medium said, that it was the people that had been either killed or traumatized by her family's fortune.
1: What a trippy story, man. I'm so disappointed that I lived in Northern California for a third of my life and have never been there. I just really didn't have my shit together enough when I lived there. That's pretty spooky. Next time I go, I definitely have to go because it sounds really fucking cool. It's
0: very cool. And it's just, I mean, even if you're just into architecture, it's cool. But then if you're into spooky shit, it's extra cool. Well, lucky
1: for me, I really like both of those. And guess what? You can get
0: married there. Really? Yeah. It's available for weddings year
1: round. That's awesome. I would like to get married somewhere spooky if I got married. Me too. You want to get married to each other in a spooky wedding? Let's have
0: a spooky wedding. Oh, that'd be fun.
1: Uh, Podcast marriage. (laughs) Yeah, well, pod wife. Pod wife, pod life. Yeah,
0: I can't believe you didn't know that story. So you'd never really heard like the whole story before?
1: Well, I knew that she was the heir to a gun fortune and that she was... Continuously building on her house for years because she thought it would keep her safe. So I kind of knew, but not the details.
0: 38 years, your entire lifespan, more than your entire lifespan.
1: I am 37. Um, let's not age me unnecessarily. Okay. <laughs> I actually forget all the time if I'm 37 or 38. It's really funny. I'm like, I have no idea.
0: I just forgot. I was like, I'm 43, right? And I was was like, and then I went, what year is it? I don't know where. And then my kids were like, how do you not know? And I'm like, because it's not the same as when you're 12 or when you're 13.
1: It doesn't matter. You're just
0: old. Yeah. Also, we have like in our family, five people born in December and January. And then my birthday is February. Like no one fucking cares. They're like, do you really want a cake? Like we just had a bunch of cakes. No one cares. It's not a big deal. And especially like When you have kids and it's all about their birthdays, you kind of forget about your own. I don't think I even really did anything last year for mine.
1: Whenever in the past I've tried to organize some sort of birthday activity with other humans, it's just not gone well. So I just don't do things on my birthday anymore.
0: Birthdays can be super fucking disappointing.
1: I think they usually are, which is why I just stopped having any hope in them.
0: Like when you are planning your own birthday and you're getting people to come, like, because when you're an adult, I don't know, a lot of times people don't plan your birthdays for you and you're trying to plan like a dinner and then people can't make it. And you're like, why am I fucking doing this for myself?
1: Right. One of our listeners and friends said that she was really sad a couple of weeks ago because nobody came to her birthday party. And then I was like, well... I invited 10 people to my housewarming party, and you're the only one who came. And I think you mostly came because you knew how sad it was the prior week when nobody came to your party. I mean, I have friends, you guys. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't know if I do.
0: (laughs) I always say I have a lot of coffee friends, meaning like I have 30 people. I could be like, do you want to go get a coffee? And we will do that. But like, that's kind of where the
1: intimacy, the buck stops. Intimacy (laughs) stops. See, I'm kind of the opposite. I have a lot of internet friends who I share every intimate detail of my life with. It's so weird, you know, it's, (laughs) you guys join the discord. If you want to get to know me on (laughs) a weird level, that's where it happens. (laughs) It's so sad. I'm like, um, you guys, you guys are my friends. Thanks for listening and being my friends. (laughs) I don't know how to meet people in real life. Like, how do you even do that? So word on the street is you don't have a kids these days for me this week. If they don't come organically, we don't want them. They don't. Yeah. The, nothing specifically
0: popped up in my head, but I heard a rumor you may have some fucked up news for me.
1: I do. So my partner read me this story the other day and... <laughs> I was like, I need to tell Allie about this. So it's a Colorado representative and her name is Lauren Boebert. And she recently issued an apology for how she behaved at a Beetlejuice performance at a theater recently. Apparently, she was excessively vaping and had to be told to stop. Somebody behind her is trying to speak to her like it's on CCTV or trying to say something. And she's just totally ignoring her. She was also taking flash photos with her phone and dancing. I don't know if that was just in her seat or in the aisle She said, whether it was the excitement of seeing a much anticipated production or the natural anxiety of being in a new environment, I genuinely did not recall vaping that evening when I discussed the night's (laughs) events with my campaign team while confirming my enthusiasm for the musical. But she understands the nature of how this looked. Also, oh, it was a pregnant woman who asked Bobert to stop vaping and she refused Oh She's my like, God. "I'm good. I, I don't know if you know, but it, I'm a state representative. I'm kind of a big deal. Do you know who I am? And also her and her boyfriend appeared to be mutually masturbating each other during the show as well. Stop it, Stop I don't know it. How that's the last thing that I remembered to tell you. <laughs> You're like, she was dancing. That, that's very the lead, Ashley. I would say
0: the mutual masturbation is
1: worse I think it might dancing. have been like over the pants. I don't know. Nobody knows. But it was inappropriate. And she said, it was not or my campaign's intention to mislead. But we do understand the nature of how this looks. We know we will have to work to earn your trust back. And it may not happen overnight. But we will do it. We? Her and her team. Also, I did thoroughly enjoy the amazing Beetlejuice at the Buell Theater and I plead guilty to laughing and singing too loud. Everyone should go see it if you get the chance this week and please let me know how it ends. It's like, so you apologized and then we're like, sorry, not sorry. I was having a good fucking time. Somebody slide (laughs) into my DMs and tell me what happened. It's like, Bitch, if you know the story of Beetlejuice and that's why you are so excited, don't you know how the fucking story ends? Right. But also, you
0: want to know how it ended?
1: I I bet it ended with a happy ending. Well, maybe it ended with a happy ending, followed by an unhappy ending because she was kicked out of the theater. That is fucked
0: up. That's embarrassing. That's some fucked up news. Oh, wow. Lauren. Do better.
1: Oh, my God. That is my favorite condescending thing that people say. (laughs) Yeah but really,
0: Lauren, do better. That's amazing. It's not even like a porno theater that she's like smoking and jerking each other off. No, it was a theater production with children there of Beetlejuice.
1: And she's like a very well-known politician. She's very Republican. She's very outspoken about... Oh, she's Republican too. Yeah. I know you would think it was like a crazy Democrat.
0: I like how the headlines are Lauren Boebert apologizes for vaping at Denver Theater. The vaping did not seem to be the main issue. I I mean, that is still bad, but like. Right. I do see this like sexy picture of her in a pink tank top with American flag cowboy boots.
1: Oh, hello. Meow. I mean, would you not vote for her? Girls just want to have fun. So she advocates an isolationist foreign policy, but supports closer ties with Israel for religious reason. Also, she's a self-described born-again Christian and has said that she is tired of this separation of church and state junk and has argued for greater church power and influence in government decision-making. So we don't like Lauren, and now we really don't like Lauren. I don't think Lauren's going to do better. She's been doing horribly, and I think she will continue to do so. She also looks like a mini Sarah Palin. Yeah. (laughs) I was just thinking that. Yes. She looks like a fucking mini Sarah Palin, you guys. It's ridiculous. So she's absolutely a Christian nationalist. And if you don't know what that is, go listen to the new F word. Listen to the interview that we did with Catherine Spearing. She explains the difference between Christian nationalism and Christian fundamentalism, and it's all wild. I can't explain it all now. It's a lot, you guys. But if you're like, what is a Christian nationalist? Go listen to that episode, also because it's so good. And I think that's it. That's that us it for today.
0: See, it was kind of a lighthearted episode. So I feel like we didn't have to end on, well, we did end on a funny note too, but we didn't. That's Maybe that's why I didn't plan it because it wasn't such like a bummer.
1: But it is like also, right? Because her whole family dies and then she's, it's like a Grey Gardens type of bummer. Yes. Not and everybody got serially sexual assaulted and then murdered. Right. Let the bodies hit yeah. the floor. <laughs> Inches of fluid. Woof. Yes. Compared to last week, this was light as hell. No, you're right. So be careful out there, you guys. It's never been proven whatsoever, but I just think that Halloween time is the perfect time. You know what? I'm not trying to give any fucking tips. I'm like, I just think Halloween seems like the perfect time for murderers to get away with shit because everybody's in masks. Okay, I have an idea.
0: I have an idea. I'm going to say this. I don't know. When it comes to actual Halloween, if you post a picture of your Halloween costume on your Instagram stories and tag us, TSFU the podcast, and we will reshare it on our stories if it's something cute and we like. Yeah.
1: We'll reshare it even if it's not cute and we don't love it. We won't tell you that because that would be mean. Listen, we're all amazing and we love everything you all do.
0: Yeah. So post your spooky Halloween or decor. Show me your Halloween decor. Show
1: us your spooky self and your spooky goods.
0: Yeah. And tag us on Instagram and we will take a little sneaky peek. Yeah. So
1: if you're not following us on Instagram, you should do that at TSFP the podcast. If you want to find our Patreon or our merch or our stuff tsfuthepodcast.com. And we have links to our socials yeah, on the there. links to all the socials there. So tsfu tsfuthepodcast.com is really kind of the hub where you can find everything TSFU. So fun. Okay, thanks Signing everybody. Signing off. And remember, it's not a cult. It's a podcast. It's a very culty podcast. culture on a spectrum. We're on the good side. Come join us. Bye. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. That's, That's fucked, fucked up. up so fucked up can't you see it's It's just really fucked that's fucked up